Well, good morning, everybody, and uh, you may be seated. Thank you very much, and bless you. Uh, welcome to the springtime here. And uh, I think a lot of people have been looking forward to spring, isn't that so? It's always good to be with you, see a lot of people coming these days on Saturday mornings to the prayer meetings, and this is like a beehive. It's always busy, and uh, we'd like to welcome you here today. Now, we have, in the past uh, new members intake, when we have new members that come and join us, uh, they come on a Friday night, or I think it's a Tuesday night it was this time, and we had a huge crowd of people, this like this middle block was completely full, right up to the back on both sides, it was a lot of people that came, it's like a whole new congregation that suddenly joined. And uh, we realized, and there's also what I noticed, because here, if I do that, then I see the faces, but I've got these bright lights, so we don't, as a rule, look out over the people to see who's here and who's not here. In any way, so what we do is, um, I have seen that there's a lot of people that I do not know. There are the familiar faces, always the faithful, the consistent, the loyal, they're always there. Those people that are very much part of the congregation have been all the way. But then, of course, there are the new people. And we've got, it's like a whole new generation of people, it's amazing, that have joined and everything is vibrant. Now, to say that to you, to say the following, and that is that uh, this is going to be an exceptional Sunday today because uh, we've got something that the pastors worked on, the graphic people worked on, and uh, there was a huge amount of work that has gone actually into this particular situation this morning that uh, we will be presenting to you. So we will uh, this morning show you what this church and you and you and this church is all about. And I think you'll enjoy it. Because a lot of people are stunned when they sometimes, you know, we go to Cape Town, we go all over the country, they know us. And even if you just talk about Little Force Christian Center, they know us. We greet it everywhere we go in the country, and the people know us. But the people that are here, you need to know your own home. You need to know that we've been walking with the Lord a long time now. And from the very beginning and outset, I was fanatic about integrity and the fear of the Lord all the way through and still am. And so with that being said, I have asked Maud to do this morning session and I'll come in right after her. So would you raise your hands towards her behind me on the platform? And Father, we thank you now in Jesus' name that the word of the Lord will be uplifting, inspiring. It will be in such a way that it will cause people to be enduring in their commitment to Christ and to your church, the church of the living God. This is the house of God. Here we are, Lord. We're standing precisely 21, 28 years and one day. Yesterday, 28 years, and today, 28 plus one day. That this, since this building has been inaugurated, so it's like birthday today, and we take a look back and forward. And we know, Lord, it all makes sense when we know that we're part of the family and what family are we joining and how this all comes together. 
We bless the word. We bless more this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, Amen. Give the Lord a praise off of everybody. Well, good morning, everybody. Now, these pastors got together. They get very clever and very creative sometimes. And uh, they put this responsibility on me. But I wondered why. And I said, Lord, you know what? This is, this is a big burden to carry. And uh, George and Jacques, Harold, I've got a word for you. Do you know what happened if they had had three wise women instead of men? They would have asked for directions, got there immediately. They would have arrived on time. They would have helped to deliver the baby. They would have cleaned the stable. They would have made casseroles. They would have brought practical gifts. They would actually, there would actually be peace on earth. I've got to get them back somehow. Praise God. Well, this morning, you know, in the week, as we were talking about this, we were discussing it, we were sitting. I went to Harold because I got this scripture and I got this out of my Amplified Study Bible, The Purpose of the Church. And he said, you're going to present this on Sunday. And I thought, oh, praise the Lord. I took it to him. And then he, and then he said, now you're going to meet with the pastors because he was getting ready for Thursday. And we sat down. And um, originally I had this single circle with segments in it. And as I read this, I realized there were three circles, there were three legs that the church was actually standing on. And it, in my notes, as I opened, I was busy. I've got all these little tabs in my, my Bible, and I was wanting to remove some of the tabs. And it opened on this, and here I've got the purpose of the church. And I opened the tab, and there it said in the notes under Ephesians 3.21, the purpose of the church and the threefold purpose. And there it gave what we're going to be touching on today. And in the Amplified chapter 3.21, it just says this, to him, it's powerful, be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever and ever and ever. Can I get an amen? Praise God. You see, the ultimate purpose of the church is to bring glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. It does this as it fulfills. We do this as we fulfill the three purposes relating to God, but also understanding that this is God's plan for the world. Now, the church must be. Folk, I can't tell you how important this is. The church must be visible. It must be purposeful. And above all, it must be practical. I read something this morning, which, uh, which I heard something this morning. 25 nations that have hit the 50% and lower in atheism in the nations. 25 nations. The US, the UK, all your European nations, France, you can name all those nations. I'm not talking about the Muslim nations. I'm talking about the Christian nations. When I hear 
that only 4% of England are really Muslim and they're already sitting on 12, 13, 14 Muslim mayors. And I realize that Christianity has missed the mark. It's from up to you and me to change our world. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Where are you going to start? Right where you are. The mission field is not out there. It starts here. But one good thing it said, the one nation, the one continent in the world that has got high Christian statistics is Africa. You can give the Lord a praise offering for that. I'm going to start immediately because once I got this, I realized we serve a triune God. We are triune beings and we have a triune church, which we're going to speak about this morning. Now, the first part I want to introduce you to is, of course, the workings of this ministry. Many people ask us, you know, we come out of the traditional churches and I know what the traditional pastors did. And often you would think, my goodness, what a wonderful job. And I wish we could do that. You know, you've got a prayer meeting on Wednesday and you've got services on a Sunday. You might throw in a prayer meeting here and then. I want to tell you this church is active 24-7. In fact, I, I, I got something. I, I might read it just now. I'll read it just now. I said, yeah, um, I want to introduce you to this local workings. Many ask what we do with our time. Where do the finances go? This is a very big question that you so graciously give toward the kingdom of God. And of course, integrity, which we know in our nation is missing. Integrity must underline it all. The three legs we start off, the first is worship. Now, if you see in John chapter 4, 23, it says, but the time is coming and is already here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. It says, from the heart and the inner self. I love what the Amplified says. For the Father seeks such people to be His worshipers. God is spirit. And the Amplified says, He is the source of life. He is the very source of light as well, yet invisible to mankind. And these who worship Him, those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. You know, protocol is so important and we forget that. I promise you, if you walked into Buckingham Palace and uh, you've got to go and see the Queen, you will be told what the protocol is. You're not going to walk in there and say, hi Queenie, how are you this morning? How many of us don't do that to the Lord? This protocol is the most important thing in our lives when we get into the presence, and that's the purpose of our whole worship team. You see, David had, a, had musicians going 24-7, very powerful. And in the book of Acts, it says, in the last days, Acts 15, 16, it says, after this, I will return, and I will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins. I will set it up. What does worship do? 
You see, it's spirit to spirit. And you know, Harold came out of 17 years of radio. He loved music. He always said, I'm going to have the best music. I'm going to have the best worship team. We're going to give God all the glory. And he realized that to this day. Music is always and has always has been one of the most important evangelism tools. And I want to share something very, very quickly. Years ago, we were on a plane from Korea and I landed up, we were sitting, it was two seats, four seats, two seats. I landed up next to a Korean girl, a seat between us, Harold was next to me. He was busy listening to music on, the, on his earphones and I sat there and I didn't notice my bag had fallen over and uh, the little... Uh, photo album had fallen out and she just touched my arm. She says, your photo album has fallen out. I said, wow, you can speak English because in South Korea, they, very few people can speak English. She said, yes, yes. And she went on to tell me she's an interpreter and she's this and that and everything. But she was flying to Hong Kong. And then she said, what are you doing here? I said, my husband's a preacher. She said, I don't want to know about the Bible. She says, my best friend has turned to the Bible and I've got to rest in the fact that my father, who is a Hindu, is going to hell or Buddhist. I said, I'm so sorry to hear that. And I thought, God, you've got to give me wisdom. I don't know how to deal with this now. I can't talk about the gospel. She's already rejected it. And we just got talking about music and the family. And she told me about her daughters that loved music. I said, my children are also into music. She said, really? I said, in fact, he's listening to music. She said, oh, what music? I said, would you like to listen? And I said to him, put the best worship one on that you can find. And he, it, was, it, was in, it was actually Frankie that was singing the song, The Woman at the Well. Well, she put it on and I just said, there, God, now you've got to help me. You've got to help me. You know what happened? When I looked at her, the tears were running. This is the power of music. Folk, what are we doing? What are we doing during praise and worship? Too scared to raise our arms and praise God. He's given us bodies. Let's serve him in our spirits and in our bodies. I said, your music isn't always has been the most important tool. Worship, di worship directs us to the creator and the sustainer of life. We always enter his presence with worship, praise, and thanksgiving, acknowledging him as our Lord and Savior. Worship creates an atmosphere for the glory and the presence of the Lord to manifest Worship always centers on the Lord and never ourselves. Folk, we must be careful. You know, we can raise our voices. We can, we, can, we can show the Lord we love Him, but don't let it be a distraction that other people end up just looking to you and not getting into worship. Let us always focus and center on God. Worship draws unbelievers to the cross. When that lady, when I had finished, you know what she said to me? Tell me about the Bible. Wow. I said, Lord, what is this all about? And I just gently said to her, she said, but how can I believe my father's in hell? I said, it's not about your father. It's about you. What you are going to do with the Lord. I said, we can't decide where he is, but I know one thing, where you can be. We never led her to the Lord because I just knew we weren't ready. But she, I knew that that friend, I, he, I'd, sown, I'd sown the seed or he'd sown the seed and I had watered and God was going to give the increase. We got off at the airport, but she started repenting. 
This woman who didn't know God started repenting, telling me she meets a man every month that gives her money, that keeps her going, and she knows it's wrong. I never said a word. And then she says, what do I do? I said, you know what? You know in your heart what is right and wrong. We got off. She embraced both of us. We never saw her again that night when we came home from walking around on our bed. She'd come to our hotel to look for us. It was a bag, a green velvet bag with Easter eggs. Folk, the power of worship. Can I get an amen? Give the Lord a praise offering. Worship leads to salvation, deliverance, and worship prepares the platform for the Word, Harold and the Word. He wants a worship team here that when he gets up here, the Word is powerful. You see, by investing, and we invest in our worship team, don't think they just stand here for nothing. We invest so that we can show them their value. Now, we don't give them a lot of money. They know what they get, but at the same time, it's their Christian commitment to the church. Otherwise, they can go out. Where, where do they make the most money? Out there, over weekends, but they want to be here. And we bless them because we invest in them. Then, of course, we have our whole tech team, our audio, our visual team. All the we've not, we've got full time guys. We've got guys that come and and sow time into helping us with the audio visual. We have an engineer at the back that ensures the quality that goes out there to our live streaming national international churches are all there. And I praise God for that. Now, all these circles working together, you're going to see, they give a quality of excellence that's going to draw Christ. The second circle is Pastor George's circle. Because when I said evangelism, he said, no, go he. Because the moment you hear evangelism, you think, oh, that's for the pastors to do. No, I have never seen a shepherd bearing or giving birth to a lamb. Have you seen that? Who gives birth to the lambs? The sheep. The shepherds lead the sheep and the sheep give birth to the lambs. Folk, I'm not saying it's not my responsibility, but it's everybody's responsibility to go out there to evangelize. Let's have a look at Matthew 28, 19. It says, go therefore, go therefore, the words of Jesus, make disciples of all nations, help the people learn of me, believe in me and obey my words. And it says here, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, remaining with you perpetually, regardless of the circumstances of the age. The Great Commission is a commandment that the Lord gave everyone in this church. And I want to tell you, don't think the church service is going to save people. Only 3% are saved on evangelistic meetings. It is the one-on-one -on -one that saves people. Time that you spend and put into people. And, you know, I said, yeah, many churches are financially handicapped because of lack of finances. All these projects that I'm going to be mentioning now are because you made it possible. And I want to just say, we must be so careful that we never stop giving, being obedient to the Lord, because this that I'm going to read now is what upholds this ministry. What is part of the go he? We think of Etembeni. I contacted Frank this morning. I said, what are your meals up to? And both him and Trevor, and uh, they are our pastors 
in the field out there, together with Lauren down in, in, um, in, in White River. And of course, we, we have our very faithful uh, lady up here also helping us, Sybil. And we are able to put out, because of your contributions, over 300,000 meals a month. 3.6 million a year. How is that for giving? And I just, you know, I just love it. I called it the apron ministry. The second one is the Lego teaching program. Folk, we don't realize what that is. You know, when I see those kids, they teach them. Trevor could tell us more about it. And, and, and um, Iva that goes in, Iva was very um, high up in the teaching department. And we've got a university that has come on board and they're actually writing a curriculum. They're going to be sending students out, latching onto this Lego. They tell Bible stories to the children and they give out the Lego. Now the le they've got to make little things because of the story. And they make stories like, and I just love it, they make stories like David, uh, 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 um, should I say, um, Joseph being thrown into the, into the hole and all the themes are put together and they get a mind, they learn to build, they exercise their, their fingers, their minds, the colours that they've never known about before. Lego is one of, to me, one of the biggest educational projects that we've ever launched. Then we have our correctional services, and you saw it last week, and we have over two and a half thousand people that this church, out of your pockets, we've been able to put through students into uh, 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 the fields. How, I, I'm not even going to mention how many are out in the field already. Tomorrow they're ordaining another prisoner or a, a, somebody from the correctional services that has come out. They are already ordaining them in the field. We praise God for what our services are. Then we have the teaching. We teach and train all the inmates in the Word of God, bringing light and life to the terrible darkness. We have home cells. We have prayer cells. Man, that's reaching out. That's touching. If you're not in a home cell, you're missing out big time. You don't even have to get in homes. Go and sit at Mug and Bean, have a cup of coffee, sit around a table. We saw that in Singapore. We would see the students coming together in cells and they would sit there with their Bibles. Find a place, reach out, touch people, prayer cells. Then the baptism, and we're going to really be majoring on baptism. You know what happens? You're not baptized. Now don't tell me you baptized as a child. Babies cannot make a decision to repent to turn away from sin and to be baptised. Baptism comes when you have accountability and you know right from wrong. Luke chapter 6 says, or are you ignorant of the fact that all of us who have been baptised into Christ Jesus were baptised into His death? We have therefore been buried with Him through baptism into death. So that just as Christ, we were raised from the dead through the glory and the power of the Father who too might walk habitually in the newness of life. And I love this part in the New Amplified Study Bible, abandoning our old ways. Once you've gone through that water, something happens inside here. If you haven't gone through baptism, the pastors are sitting in front. You can go to the reception desk at the back and find out more about that. Now, I want to say the final one, the third circle coming up, is the circle of edification. I call this the ministry of the soul. And all these ministries we're doing 
are here to support and to uphold this local church. And we, we need, this is the folk that we trust God or entrust you into their hands. They are there to counsel, to equip. And I want you to take a look. The last, the last ministry team to introduce is our pastoral team. They are the heart and the soul of this ministry. Edification is a very, very important aspect of this church. Now we know that uh, in the book of Corinthians, it says there that we are to edify, lift up, we are to build up. That is the encouragement we to give the body out there. But that's also what we do in here. We edify, we build up, we exhort the body of Christ. And if you see in the Amplified, it says, and he in Ephesians 4.12 Jesus, his gifts to the church are varied and he himself appointed. And I want you to see my hand for a while. I have five fingers. The apostle can touch and reach all the fingers. And if you go down the line, we have apostles. They are special messengers represented. And some are prophets. What do prophets do? They point out they direct, they correct, and that's the finger that we point out when we give direction. Then we have, we have um, the evangelists, and if you look at the finger, the center finger is the longest. They reach out, they're the outreach. You're all the evangelists. You have to reach out beyond the church. What is their purpose? To spread the good news of salvation. And then you get the last two, and this is the one. The pastor is married to the church. We sometimes have to rem remind our husbands that we first, not the church. Because sometimes more time is spent with the church than I have to make an appointment to see my husband. Because he was married to the church. That's the wedding finger. But you know what? We understand that because their hearts and their souls are in the ministry. And the last one is the teacher, which is directly linked to the actual pastor. Because pastors from the heart of the church and they form it and they tend and they compassionately care for God's flock. They have the responsibility to build and equip every believer and to prepare them for the ministry that the Lord has called everyone to do. You know, one thing, and I remember when we were in um, Hong Kong and Ben Wong still spoke about this, and he spoke about the world that is filled with consumer Christians. He said, but the day that the Christians become contributor Christians. Now, I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about giving of your lives, giving of your time, giving of whatever you have out there. Our lives have to become contributor Christians in every aspect, fully surrendered to God. And we must stop being consumer, coming every week and wanting just to, just to receive something from the Word of God. We must continue to grow or we will become stunted in the Spirit and we will look like babies. I said we will look like spiritual midgets. Just imagine if you give birth to a child. You don't teach that child anything. You don't send the child to school. You don't teach the child what to wear properly, how or where. What is that child going to be? 
a responsibility, a liability for the rest of its lives. I want to tell you, church, that's why we encourage people in the next point. The Discipleship Training Center is the place where the body of Christ is equipped. And in the equipping process, they teach, they train, they minister in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You will say, why the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Pentecost, empowered the church to become the action of God in this world. And I said, you're teaching them to walk in holiness in the fear of the Lord and to gain knowledge, general knowledge from the book of Genesis to Revelation. And then the last purpose of this circle is edification. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it speaks of edification, exhortation and comfort. It involves making believers aware of everything you have in Christ and how the Spirit's gifts enable you to serve the body of Christ and sinners, unbelievers, the world out there effectively. Now this church financially sustains 10 full-time pastors and we have a huge staff complement. I'm not even counting the additional expenses of lighting and generators and painting. And you can't believe the expenses that are put into a church like this. And I'm not, we had to put up new lighting. And I think the lighting was something like 120,000 rand. And it just goes on and on and on. But folk, you make all of this possible. We have an incredible team. But our pastors aren't just pastors. They have varied portfolios. You see, we, do, we haven't brought in secretaries. They've got to be their own secretaries. They've got to answer their own phones. They've got to send out their own emails. Can I get an amen? I think if we had this, maybe in a lot of the government departments, we would probably have a lot more money to spend and, and, and to build the houses for the poor. Can I get an amen there? Well, we said to the pastors, listen, guys, sorry, we need more help. Pastor George, where is he? There he sits. Sorry, pal, you're going to help us and see to the security inside, outside the building. And you know, while you're busy, let's just bring the maintenance and, and bring Craig on board and Harry on board and just, just see that everything runs so that we can have what we've got in this church right now. And I think that's a pretty big portfolio for him and Augusta. She runs the bookshop. So we praise God for him. And then just as... Just as uh, uh, Jacques thought he's getting out of it, he said, sorry, pal, you're taking over the Bible college. And you're going to be running the Bible college, and together with Turin, you're going to be overseeing FFMI as well. And then, of course, Turin, both of them are district pastors. Turin's got a wife. What will we do without Elise Bechemann? And all the work that she does, her and Philip, the whole graphic team involved. And I look at the cameras over there and Amre and all of the guys that help to make and Brigitte and the camera team. We have got some volunteers. And of course, Wesley, he's not here this morning. Him and Maria are on holiday. But I want to tell you, he puts together the entire AV situation that we experienced 
for the Bible college, for the church, for the missions, for the outreaches, for Etembeni, anybody's needing run to where's Elise, go and set things up for us. We have an incredible team. And he who and Hester Faree, he's our district pastor and he oversees our children ministry. And then of course we got Rainier and Mariska. Now they are, he's our district, they're our district pastor and our correctional services. He goes and please we need lots of volunteers on the correctional services. Then we have Rudolph sitting in the front. Rudolph was sitting in the front. I don't know where Rudolph is sitting now. He, how can such a big guy disappear? Now he and Leanne, we brought him in and I'll share a bit more. He is our youth pastor. And it's very interesting, but um, you know, he, uh, he was in the banking industry for when he finished at varsity. I think he went up to honours. He, he went into the banking and Turin, both of them involved in the finances as well. What bright minds, brilliant boys. And he also helps there. And then, of course, there's Frank and Lauren Weitz, Trevor and Beverly pastors here helping with it. And, of course, Ed and Benny. And then last but not least, there is Harold and myself. So I just want to say this is so brilliant what we've been doing and what we've been able to achieve. In addition to this, we've got four zone pastors that are not in full-time ministry. And, of course, we've got Pastor Dennis and Ify. Now, you know, this guy, he is... If I ever, God willing, will never, if I ever need anything to do with orthopedics, have I got it right, orthopedic surgeon, this guy is the best. We have a testimony in this church. When I saw what they were busy doing to his leg, I thought, Lord, help him. And what a success story. She goes to the bar. She, gets, she qualifies for the bar this week. And when Harold said, how can you take on this position? Because he was so effective out there in the field with, with cells and everything. And Pastor George said, won't you step up his own pastor? He said, yes. Harold said, how can you do that? He said, I'll be stepping down if I don't. He says, that's a higher calling than what I am. I thought, praise God for that. And then the guy that does all our printing, we want to praise the Lord for him as well. Yaku and Belinda Milan come in as well. Andre and Cordelia Capidu, Dion and Desiree Magnamara. Folk, we praise God for the team that we have here. Finally, and I finish off with this, the kingdom heart of God is right in the middle of the circle. It forms the hub and the central component, it keeps the wheels of this church going. You know, God starts off by reminding Israel of their total dependence on Him in a time of the wilderness and how He brought them through with many signs and wonders. Deuteronomy 8, 17, 18, and I want you to listen carefully. Otherwise, you may say in your heart, my power and the strength of my hand made me this wealth. But you shall remember with profound respect that it's the Lord your God, for He, it is He, and I love this word, who is giving. He is giving you. So maybe you say, but God hasn't given me anything. He's in the process of giving. You come into a time of receiving. He is giving you the power to make wealth. But why? That He may confirm His covenant as He swore, solemnly promised to your fathers. His covenant is His kingdom. It upholds everything of the kingdom. This is what your vital and your essential contributions hold together 
each month. God bless you. And as Pastor Harold comes up, you will notice we try to. I sat there. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm an older generation, which you'll forgive me for. But when I heard that George, uh, Jacques was battling and George was battling, I took heart. And um, I came on board and they made suggestions. I had the whole financial team there together and Wesley and all of them. They said, put these behind because people are battling. Wesley said he sees a gentleman sitting at the back and he's trying to get the little, whatever you call this little uh, snap scan thing going. Put it up behind and we've got, uh, there's all kinds of ways that you can pay. The international guys can pay with PenPal for international. Uh, the, uh, many people do EFT, the traditional cash EFT. And I notice when the baskets, many people don't. Why? Because they're pretty quickly putting in with their snap scan. And I want to say that there are going to be not from this week, next week, there'll even be points. We've got our, 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 our card machines will be at the back. I have been introduced to so many of these things just to make it easier for you to give. I want to give God all the praise and glory and I'm going to finish off with something. And Pastor Harold, you can come and stand here. You said this is great, so I'm going to do it quickly, quickly, quickly. It says, what is the difference between a live and a dead church? Live churches are continually changing methodology. Dead churches don't have to do that. Live churches have lots of noisy children and youth. Come to the night service and you will find out what we mean. Visit the youth at the back, the children, and you will find out what that means. Dead churches are quiet. Live churches grow fast and they forget people's names. In dead churches, everybody is known everybody's name for years. Live churches support missions enthusiastically. Dead churches keep it at home. Live churches focus on people. Dead churches focus on problems. Live churches move out on faith. Dead churches remain totally on sight. And while Harold is standing here, I heard this last night and I thought this is so powerful. And Harold's got this up in his study. Will they give me the picture, please? And I said to him, sometimes, you know, on a Monday, he needs to know what's come in and he does get concerned sometimes. And I just see him and I heard this and I thought, I'm going to test him. And I said, Harold, tell me, what do you see? What do you see? He said, I see lions and I see a wall and I see Daniel. I said, no, what do you see? He said, I see Daniel's looking up. I said, yes, but what do you see? I said, Daniel isn't looking at the problem behind him. He's looking to God who is his provider, his protector to get him out of the lion's den. You are in the lion's den? There's your support. Amen. Give the Lord a praise offering. Amen. I thank all the people that have worked together. Um, I know they've been like a beehive around that also. Because, you know, we don't know. This is like, uh, this is like um, where, where people make honey for God. It's like a beehive. It just, it's the, it, it is, I, I don't always have the words to say, I just take note of people working there, people working there. They're working everywhere. And they're volunteers, and people offer up their services. Right now, we've got the children's church running. 
And uh, we have, so I understand, some very excellent volunteers, well-equipped, well-educated, some of them even doctors that are serving at the back here, teaching the children. It is an amazing thing. But... So, if you are part of Little Falls Christian Center, then know what we are at. And understand that we are very serious about this book. Understand that this world needs Jesus Christ. Understand our influence goes far to the French community out there, our dear friends out on the Reunion Islands, Island, the ministry there, even uh, Mauritius. There's a church up in France and across to the United States. We everywhere we have influence. Alex Papa started the church out in the United States and they approached him. And they said, do you have a Bible school? Because they say yes. And he says, and they said to him, is that based on the Bible school of, of us here? And he said, yes. In the United States, they gave him accreditation right there on the spot. They know us. And they flew from Florida, I mean, from Los Angeles, West Coast, about a five-hour flight across to where Alex is, and they gave them accreditation, recognition. We are people that are Christ-centered. Everything has to be produced for God. We believe in holiness and the fear of the Lord. We believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We believe that we cannot use the name of the Lord in vain. We put the Word first. And we teach the people obedience to the word. We teach them to communicate with each other. We have so many things going, as you've heard this morning. Sometimes they show videos. I always, I always get quite, like you would say, emotional about it because you see all these people doing all these things. And it's like every day there's, there's always people doing things here. And it's all in service of you. But then when you contribute, you make it possible for this church to have the impact that we have. You make it possible to expand the kingdom of God when people in this nation are in a severe situation of severe need and pressure. So may God help us to this one thing as Paul says, I do. Forgetting those things which are behind, I press on towards the goal of the upward calling in Christ Jesus, my Lord and Savior, Philippians 3. Where Paul the Apostle says, leave the things behind that's behind. We give our lives, we give our services, we all give contributions to the kingdom of God. And what you do causes us to be able to do these things. Like Maud said, 3.6 million children get meals in one year.
from here through the ministry of this church, plus home sales, plus this, plus that, plus educational service. Everything is running here. And may God bless you. My final words to the people that came in as a new group into the church, I said to them, now you've come into a very healthy church. This is a church based on prayer. Today we are uh, 28 years completed in this building. This is a healthy church. It's in unity. Never do anything that would be divisive, but be constructive and be contributing. So, the Bible says, let's take up the offering of the Lord at this point in time, and I want to pray for that. The Bible says, I just quote, Give, and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and pouring over, shall men pour into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet, shall be also the measure by which you will receive. Furthermore, the Lord says in His Word, God is not mocked. The Bible says, whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. The Bible says that God loves a cheerful, prompt, to do it, giver whose heart is in his giving. Always reminding ourselves of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. So that the life of Christ can be manifested in this nation, in the political and even spiritual state that this nation is in. May the Lord use us as a church to uplift the body of Christ in so many, many ways. As we come to the end of the month, the word says, give all the tithes into the storehouse. What is the storehouse? Not somewhere where it is like nobody looks after you, nobody cares for you, here we care for the people all the time, all the time. Passes on connection with the districts all over all the time. And that we would be able to minister to the people and they would know it is a result of the blessing on the church and upon them. I believe in the corporate anointing of the Holy Spirit. This is the body of Christ. I believe in the expansion of the kingdom of God. I believe that this is the work that the Lord Jesus Christ called everybody to. So I've been saying to the ministers, two of the ministers, my assistant preachers, I said, I said, um, find me something else that we can yet improve also in this year. We've updated just about everything that we can. Now it's up to God's people to sustain the kingdom of God. Therefore bring all the tithes to the storehouse that there may be food in my house, says the Lord. And prove me now or test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, Malachi chapter number three and from the 10th verse. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and God will pour out upon you a blessing that you cannot contain. And I will rebuke the devourer. That's the devil that comes in to steal, kill and to destroy. I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake and you will know that you are living in a blessed land. Can you say amen? Heavenly Father, we pray over the offering as we're coming to the end of the service. Let the music play. 
Let the people worship. Worship you through their gifts. And then I will pray the blessing down on everyone. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen.